Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sharon Stevens. English rock band The Who first released Tommy, the wildly successful rock opera, on May 23, 1969, exactly 50 years ago tomorrow night. And that's when Missouri-based bluegrass band The Hillbenders will open for The Who at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. It might seem an uncommon pairing, but The Hillbenders' 2015 album is a full-length Tommy tribute, bluegrass opry style, that is. St. Louis on the Air producer Evie Hemphill caught up with Hillbenders guitarist Jim Ray yesterday as he and the rest of the Hillbenders anticipated sharing a stage with The Who. Evie began by asking Ray if the fact that tomorrow's concert coincides with the 50th anniversary of the rock opera's release was by design. It uh, it actually was, uh, on my end at least. When I saw that The Who were touring, my first thought was obviously to reach out and see if we could open for them. And um, when I realized that the St. Louis show, which is, you know, we're from Springfield, so St. Louis is close to the hometown as we can get. We've been playing St. Louis for, you know, our entire career, which is almost 11 years. So um, when I realized that, um, it sure made uh, the the pitch to them much easier. Um, it felt cosmic in a way. And um, so I, I was tickled pink when I got the reply um, that we were able to, to uh, open the show for them. And I know it's been a few years since you released Tommy, a Bluegrass Opry, the Hillbender's full-length tribute to the original rock opera, but it, is this the first time you'll actually be sharing a stage with The Who? Yes, it is. Um, we got to meet Pete Townsend, and um, he, he caught wind of the recording, and our, our manager, Lewis Myers, who's actually the producer of uh, Tommy, a Bluegrass Opry, it was his vision, he kind of had a, a way of things making happen, uh, making things happen. And so whenever uh, he reached out to the Who Camp and Pete had already heard the record, uh, he invited us to the to the Nashville Who Show back in 2015. And we got to go backstage with Lewis and meet Pete, and we talked a little bit about the record and how his tour was going and what we were doing with, with the Bluegrass Opry. Um, but this is the first time that we've, we've shared the stage with the Who, and, and it's... It's a childhood dream of mine to uh, play the particular venue that we're playing. It used to be called Riverport. I think now it's called um, Hollywood Cas- uh, right. Casino Amphitheater. But it's a dream come true for me because I've seen many great shows there. And obviously, the, it's a dream come true to be playing with The Who. Um, I've been listening to their music for a long time, starting with my mom and dad's record collection. It was uh, Who's Next was one of the very first records I pulled out of the box. So. Well, the song Pinball Wizard played a big role in the Who's enormously successful 1969 record, and it, of course, is included on your bluegrass version of the rock opera. How did you balance wanting to honor the original hit while also reimagining it? Well, you know, the instrumentation was the big reimagination of it. Obviously, you know, whenever you say it's a bluegrass opera, that implies bluegrass instruments, and that's what we did. We had upright bass, banjo, acoustic guitar, mandolin, and a dobro, which is a an acoustic guitar that's played with a slide. And um, so that's the big reimagination. Our biggest goal, uh, me being the musical director and Lewis Myers being the producer, was don't make it hokey. Don't make it kicking the hay bales, got our overalls on, uh, square dancing type thing. Um, we wanted it to be um, accessible to Who fans. Because many of those original Who fans, you know, have matured over decades now, and they have a great appreciation for 
Americana music, uh, folk music. And so we wanted to be able to do that without, without, the, uh, without the hokiness, without the cheesiness, without the jingly, uh, jingly jangly sound. So for us, what we did is we tried to um, look at the original record and the re- original recordings first and really soak them in and say, how can we interpret this on our bluegrass instruments without just simply trying to kick it off as fast as we can to a bluegrass, uh, banjo bluegrass song? Um, so many of the songs flipped quite easily. And when I say flipped, I mean take it from its original uh, rock and roll tempos or rock and roll rhythms and simply just add that 2-4 kind of feel behind it. Um, that's so familiar in bluegrass music. Other ones, we didn't try to do that at all. We simply tried to play it as close to the original as possible. Um, the big missing factor was the drums. But our dobro player ha- plays with such a percussive intensity we nicknamed it the Keith Moon of the Dobro because he fills up those drum kit parts so uh, marvelously and so yeah. fully. And um, and that's the great thing about acoustic instruments is that they have a percussive element. So between that and really making sure that the harmonies were all there, um, we tried to pay as much tribute and honor the, the original recordings as possible. Well, let's listen to a little bit of the Hillbenders' reimagination of the song Pinball Wizard. picture for our listeners of how audience respond to your bluegrass take on the who i mean what's the energy like as people hear these rock songs in a new and perhaps unexpected way yes it it um when people hear the title first of all or read the title and see the shows come to town i i assume it's somewhat of a head scratcher for some of these old rock fans um but we find that the best fans that come to see our the most engaged fans, maybe not the best fans, but the most engaged fans are Who fans. 
And so as I see, as I look out among the crowd, I can tell who's been a lifelong Who fan. They're singing along. They're getting pumped up. They're reliving their teenage years, you know, and they'll come up to us after the show and they'll say that, you know, I was 12 or 13 or 16 years old when I first heard this record. Um, I've seen the Who 50 times, you know, and when we get positive feedback from them, that's the real pay. Uh, that's the real payback for us. Um, because that's, that's who we're playing for. Now we get a lot of bluegrass fans as well coming to shows mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they, they, they hear that it's a bluegrass show and oh, they're covering this rock and roll thing. Okay. And it, it sometimes is a little bit trickier for them to grasp the songs, especially a large concept album like Tommy. Um, but the who fans are the ones that can barely stay in their seat. They're jumping up, they're pumping their fists, they're clapping, they're singing along. And, um, and, you know, it just it warms my heart sometimes, too, because you see generation, the generational impact that the record has, because many times these uh, original Who fans, these cats who are in their 50s, 60s and 70s, have their kids with them hmm. who are 20s, 30s now. And uh, they grew up listening to that music as well. And it's it's a it's a real fun moment between um family members sometimes and we've even seen younger kids a third generation now beginning to come to shows and um and i'm excited to see that hopefully on thursday too uh you know two three generations worth of of who fans now the hillbenders have been putting a lot of energy into the who tribute music lately but i want to get to talking about your original music as well and it sounds like the hillbenders are doing that these days uh your latest album released last year is focused on original music why did you decide to move in that direction after all the success the band has seen in recent years? Well, we started as original band and, uh, we have two original records before Tommy came out and we started playing, you know, clubs and uh, festivals and stuff like that. And, and every single one of us in the band, write. So, and we all sing as well. And so it was really, it was who we are before we were approached by Lewis to do his, um, Tommy, a bluegrass opera idea. Now, he had a great foothold in the industry. We trusted him uh, to become our manager and our confidant, and we unfortunately lost him about a year after um, the the bluegrass opera came out. Uh, a kind of a sudden heart attack, and we were on, in Australia, and we heard we heard that he, he passed away, and it was a big hit for us. And um, and so we we kind of coasted on Tommy for a while, and, and it took us to a new level. But everywhere that we play, Tommy, for the most part we get to play a set of our own music or at least a handful of music uh, of our own music at the end, an extended encore of original music. Helps the CD uh, sales. It helps folks connecting to our original music. It helps us next time we come to town playing our original music. And so Tommy of Bluegrass Opry has always been a stepping stone for us to reach other people and masses with our own music as well. Um, now, while we stepped away from that, uh, we're still doing some Tommy shows. But we ha- we've had so many songs pile up over the past couple of years playing Tommy that we had to get in the studio and record these things. And I think the fans were wanting it. They were expecting it. And, um, and we'll continue to write music and record our own music. Um, but, you know, we'll always dabble in fun bluegrass covers of rock and roll or, or any genre because people like it. People like songs they recognize and they like it in kind of a different or strange format. Um, and bluegrass music is the perfect medium for that. So we'll continue to do both. And there's a few things on the back burner right now. Um, we're, we're, um, thinking about trying another version of another album, perhaps, or at least another band, or at least a deeper diving into some other things in the cover world. But until then, we're going to continue to write and record our own music. 
Well, speaking of the new album, I really enjoyed the song Lost Your Way. Um, and I have to say, it didn't scream bluegrass to me. I don't know if it was the lack of um, fiddle sound that I'm uh, maybe associate with bluegrass or what, but it just felt like a real melding of genres to me. Is that something you hear from your fans? Yeah, definitely. And I, we started as a bluegrass band. None of us grew up in bluegrass. It's a very traditional music. Our dobro player grew up on classic country and bluegrass music, which many, many bluegrass players do. It's part of their childhood. It's part of their upbringing. The rest of us, it was not part of our upbringing. We found it later in life, in our late teens and early 20s, and we explored it further um, down the line, and we started this band as a bluegrass band. But as it's progressed, um, I think our desires have just got away from more of the breakneck, banjo breakdowns, fiddle music, stuff like that. We are looking to become more of an acoustic band. Like I said, we've added drums on a track recently. We've added some percussion and things like that. And just um, getting away from the bluegrass rhythms, it allows us to explore so many other genres, so many other fields when it comes to songwriting. Bluegrass kind of has a fixed element when it comes to songwriting and performance. And, you know, I've always enjoyed doing it, but there's a lot more out there. So we are definitely beginning... And you could see in our original records, the first was very bluegrassy. The second was a little bit more progressive bluegrass. Then we did the Tommy thing. And now this record, we have definitely begun to try to find other sounds beside, besides the same old bluegrass rhythm. So we're going to continue to do that. And uh, that tune was by our banjo player. And he's kind of got, he, he's kind of got more of a, a rock and roll mind frame as well. So um, we're going to hear, hear and see more of what his ideas are coming in. And, and we're not going to shy away from bluegrass, but we're not going to um, we're not going to limit ourselves anymore. Let's listen to "Lost Your Way." Like I'm someone special, carrying the weight of the world—a sunken vessel. Possessing a chest full of gold The doors have all opened They're trying to take over the world We'll think of something But for now, whoa Chairs. It's just getting started for the dearly departed. Yeah, the space, but no place to go.
is Jim Ray, guitarist and arranger for the Hillbenders, the Missouri-based bluegrass band opening for The Who this Thursday evening at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tell me about the inspiration behind the name Hillbenders. Yeah, well, it's kind of a silly story. Um, you know, coming up with a band name is always kind of a stressful deal. You want it to be good. You don't, you know, you don't want anybody else to have a name, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we came down to two different names. One was the Hillbenders, and one was the Walking Sticks. And uh, <laughs> and the banjo player hated the Walking Sticks, and the rest of us we kind of wanted the Walking Sticks. I had this idea for a logo for a Walking Stick, the bug to be, uh, have a walking stick and <laughs> be walking down a trail. But anyway, that's, that's the past. Anyway, the banjo player and the mandolin player arm wrestled over the name. <laughs> the banjo player, if he won, it'd be Hillbenders. If the mandolin player won, it'd be the walking sticks. And the banjo player lost, but he threw a fit, and he was so upset about it that we just went with Hillbenders. And um, where it came from was we have a, a salamander here in the Ozarks called the Hellbender. And yeah. uh, it's this large, funky-looking uh, amphibious creature. And uh, we didn't want to sound like a southern rock band with the Hellbender name. So we just changed it because we have a lot of hills where we're from here in the Ozarks. Some of the oldest mountains in the world now are whittled down to hills. And, um, so, and our buddy said, well, how about instead of Hellbenders, Hillbenders? There it was. After the arm wrestling match and the pouting, well, we became the Hillbenders. Well, I like it, and I like how it kind of maybe indirectly alludes to this idea of bending genres and maybe getting away from hillbilly associations and things like that. But I have to say, as a lifelong clog dancer myself, it's the kind ah. of music, yeah, it's the kind of music that makes me want to get on my feet and dance, do some freestyling. Um, do you all ever have people clogging at your shows? Well, maybe after this interview we will, but uh, <laughs> never, never before. No, I, uh, I did a documentary. I'm also a filmmaker, and I did a documentary on uh, Ozark's folk music, which is a big tradition here. Folk music goes back a long, long ways, and dancing was a big part of it here, here in the Ozarks. So I've, I've met several dancers and got to play with several dancers, but the Hillbenders have never had any clogging accompaniment. Um, so I noticed in the liner notes for the Hillbenders' latest eponymous album that some of the songwriting is collaborative. Um, what's that process been like for the band? I know you were working on and trying out some of this new original music while touring the Tommy music. Yeah, collaborations don't happen very often in our band, uh, within band members is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Usually it's one person has a song, they bring it, and we, we work it out, we perform it. I, I bring my stuff that pretty much fully arranged. Um, the newest song that we have is a, is a co-write between our banjo player and mando player, but the collaboration, the main collaboration on the new record is kind of a big one. It's one with the great John Hartford, and for folks who don't know uh, who that is, he's the one who wrote Gentle on My Mind, Steam Powered Airplane, a big uh, factor in old time and bluegrass music, a huge influence um, for a lot of the new grass folks who, who transitioned over um, into the 70s and 80s, folks like Sam Bush and um, Newgrass Revival. But uh, so what I did is I took a, a poem that he wrote and I put music to it. And uh, he's passed away. He, he, he died about 10 years ago. Mm. And so for me, it was, um, we played this festival called the John Hartford Memorial Festival. We'll be there next weekend. And, um, and I 
everybody was doing John Hartford songs, you know, and, and I said, well, I want to do a John Hartford song that nobody's going to do. So I found this book of poems and, and took his lyrics and, and simply wrote some, uh, wrote some music to it. And so that's the story behind the, the tune, I've Got a Mind to Move On, off the new record. Well, you take the past and stay on the farm Live where you live since the day you were born I'll take a chance on the things that might come Travel the highway, point my face to the sun I've got a mind to move on I've got a mind to move on I've got a mind to move on I've got a down, Jim, but is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners as you look towards Thursday's performance with The Who at Riverport and look towards what's next for the Hillbenders? Well, St. Louis has always treated us right. It's like a second home to us. We've been coming there for a long time in the band and for personal um, enjoyment. And um, and we appreciate all the folks that have been coming to see us. You know, the very first time we played St. Louis was at Venice Cafe. And so from Venice Cafe to Riverport Amphitheater, we couldn't be more excited and we couldn't be more proud and we couldn't um, have done it without without the great St. Louis folks. So uh, we look forward to seeing it this Thursday and we're going to be um, coming back to St. Louis for as long as, as we're playing music. So keep an eye out for the Hillbenders, guys. That was Hillbenders guitarist and musical director Jim Ray talking with St. Louis on the Air producer Evie Hemphill ahead of tomorrow night's concert at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, where the Hillbenders are opening for the Who. Satisfied that much I know too well. The next time you see me, I will bid you farewell. With 